welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. We're not very long into the Gospel of John before we realize that we have a problem. In John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus tells a religious leader that his religion will not do him one ounce of good. He was lost and hopeless in his present condition, even though on the outside he seemed morally impeccable. He made a very simple statement. The Lord Jesus said, Except a man is born again, he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Not much wiggle room in that statement, is there? So here it is. Are you born again? If not, you will never enter God's kingdom. You will not be in heaven. Yes, there is some shock factor here, and Nicodemus felt it. And we hope that you will too. If you have never been born again, you will not be in God's heaven. You need a change in your very nature, a change from the inside out. So do you want that change to occur in your life? In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Dan Shutt looks at the why and how of being born again. And we hope that you will listen very carefully to God's message for you today. We're going to read part of this story, John's Gospel, Chapter 3, about a meeting between Jesus Christ and a man with a rather unusual name, Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same, that is, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man, no one can do these miracles that you are doing unless God is with him. I want you to notice verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or it's true, it's true. I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I think at this point, you could have picked Nicodemus up off the floor. I mean, after all, he had said nice things to Jesus. He was respectful. He was polite. He showed him proper dignity and respect. And Jesus just looks at him and says, Sir, unless you have a new birth, you can't be in heaven. Wow. What would you have done? Well, I think I would have done exactly what Nicodemus did. Look at verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person be born again? How can you be born when you're old? Can you enter the second time into your mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily. Here's some more truth. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, or perhaps even the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That happens when every child comes into the world. Jesus said, I'm talking about something different. 
That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't be amazed that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, drop your eye down to a part of this conversation. I have very much in mind to explain this carefully. Verse 14 of John 3, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And this is my text tonight. You must be born again. You know, there are a number of words that we use to describe the blessing that Jesus wants to bring people tonight. He wants to give you peace. Isn't that wonderful? People who are troubled by their sin and dissatisfied with this world and the puny temporary pleasures that it offers. Jesus Christ wants to give peace. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There are other words. We have been talking in these meetings about being saved. What does that mean? Well, that means to be rescued from danger. And the Bible tells us that because of our sin, we're in danger of suffering the judgment of God. I want to just talk about this little expression, born again. Because the Lord Jesus makes a statement that is just real clear. And that's really the first thing I want to notice about this statement. Whatever being born again is, apparently to the mind of the Lord Jesus, it was absolutely vital. You know what vital things are, right? We talk about vital signs. When you go to the hospital, they don't care how long your fingernails are or what color your eyes are. Those aren't vital. What's vital is that your heart's beating and that your lungs are pumping air. Those are vital things, vital signs. I want to tell you what the Lord Jesus says here is not something optional. He doesn't say to this man, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're a nice guy. And I'm a nice guy. And wouldn't it be nice if you had a new start, if you were born again? He doesn't say to him, Nicodemus, I wish you were born again. He doesn't even say, Nicodemus, you ought to be born again. The Lord Jesus just looks Nicodemus in the eye. I don't know if he pointed his finger. This is what he said. Nicodemus, you must be born again. So let me just establish something very early in my message. Friend tonight, if you want to be in heaven, you must be born again. And I really do not trade in complicated things when I preach the gospel. I tell you, there's a beauty and a simplicity and a power to these words that no preacher can ever improve on. Listen, the message tonight is, if you want to be in heaven, you must, you must, you must be born again. There was a preacher in England, and he later came over to the United States back in the 17th century. His name was George Whitfield. But they said that when George Whitfield preached, you could hear him a mile away. Now, I've got leather lungs, and I have to make sure I don't hurt anybody's eardrums when I'm preaching, but I know there weren't airplanes flying and trains and expressways and all the noise of modern society, but I just got to tell you, I think a guy who could preach a mile away is a pretty amazing man. 
But the reason I'm telling you the story is just this. George Whitfield loved to speak to his audience. And as a faithful and devoted servant of Jesus Christ, he preached again and again, ye must be born again. One day a man came to his house. Knocked on the door. Mr. Whitfield came to the door, invited him into the house, and they had a little conversation. Finally, Mr. Whitfield said to the man, he said, did you want something? Did you have a question? What brings you here? The man said, you know, Mr. Whitfield, just just one thing. He said, why is it that over and over and over again you preach the same message? He must be born again. Mr. Whitfield smiled. Sir, the answer to that question is very simple. Because Jesus Christ said, ye must be born again. I love that answer. If you want to be in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, the door to heaven, says, you must be born again. I want to ask and answer two very simple questions. The first one is so simple, it's obvious. Why does a person need a new start? Why does a person need to be born again? Do you know the answer to that? I dare say most people really, really don't know the answer to that. Why do we need a new birth? The second question, I think, is maybe even more obvious than the first one. If Jesus said, we must be born again, well, then how can how did that happen? I hope there's somebody here tonight, and I hope those questions will resonate in your heart. Why do I need to be born again? Why is Jesus saying this to Nicodemus? Why is he saying it to me? But secondly, and perhaps even more importantly, if this is so, how can I be born again? Let me talk about the first one very simply, why we need to be born again. I have a couple of kids. My oldest daughter, when she was a little girl, she loved animals. She loved cats. And she said, Daddy, look what I got. And here was this absolutely adorable little kitten named Clarabelle. It was just absolutely adorable. It'd crawl up on your lap and crawl up on your shoulder and it would rub against your face and it would purr so sweetly. And that little baby kitten just, well, we just loved it until one day I was in the kitchen and I was eating my cereal and I saw that cat do something that I'd never seen it do before. You know what it did? Outside that window is a, uh, a bird feeder. And I saw something happen. That absolutely amazed me. You know what it was? Our cute little Clarabelle. So soft, so gentle, so tender. Something happened. Its back arched up like that. And its ears rolled, I can't do it, but rolled back. And every hair on its body stood straight out, and its tail is going back and forth and back and forth. And you know what I discovered? We didn't have a cute little kitten. We had a bird murderer right on the counter. Okay, well, but you know, there's something to learn from that. And I want you to learn that tonight. That day when I watched that cat, there was something very important that happened, and I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. The true nature of that cat was revealed. You know, cats are related to tigers and ocelots and 
mountain lions and, you know, it's in their blood, it's in their nature, it's in their heritage. And no matter how tender and no matter how well loved, beneath that nice soft coat beats the heart of a tiger. You know, I meet people every day, and you know, they look great on the outside. Sometimes they persuade us that they're good people, that they're good to their family, that they treat their parents and their grandparents with respect. They do well in their school. They do well in their job. They do well in their community. And so far as I can see, they're not bad people. They're nice people. But I want to tell you something tonight. There is a God in heaven. And he looks past the outside. He looks past the facade, the front, the outer skin with which we present ourselves to the world. And he sees our true nature. You know, sometimes it doesn't even require God to see our nature, does it? Drop a cement block on your foot someday and see what comes out of your mouth. Huh? You want to find out what you're really like. Have somebody that you trust spurn you and, and reject you. And all of a sudden, there's things that just bubble out of our hearts. And where'd that come from? Tell you where it comes from. It comes from our sinful, fallen nature that is inside of every single one of us. You know, that's the great tragedy of religion. That's why we're not here preaching religion. I'm not a religious man. Thank God for that. I have no idea what that means. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus, and He's taken my sins away, and He's replaced them with perfect peace. I'm glad to be saved, but I'm not religious. Because you know what religion does? You know what religion tells people? Just take care of the outside. Just be a little more spiritual, whatever that means. Just try and be a little nicer to your wife. Be a little more generous with your children. Who are you trying to fool? Because God sees our true nature. God knows our hearts. You know, sometimes men fool earthly judges. Because in spite of the best evidence that can be produced, the best detective work of the police department, the finest evidence that can be amassed, there's just sometimes it's just impossible for an earthly judge to honestly be able to know all the facts, to understand all the case. I want to tell you something. The judge that you and I will meet in eternity is a judge who is fooled by no one because he sees the depths of every heart. The reason that you need a new birth, the reason that you need a new start is because the God who guards the door of heaven knows all about you. And, and the God who guards the door of heaven is a God who knows the depths of our fallen, sinful nature. I have some little grandchildren at home. One of them's three, one of them's two. I'll leave out the youngest one. You know what? Um, they're starting to feel their oats a little bit. They're starting to develop. Does their mother have to teach them to lie? Does their mother have to teach them to talk back and say, no? Does their mother have to teach them to grab things that don't belong to them? No. Where does that come from? It comes from their hearts. You and I have fallen sinful hearts, and unless we get a new start, Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot 
be in heaven. I want to just talk about how this new start can take place. The Lord Jesus told this man, Nicodemus, a story that Nicodemus knew very well. I'm pretty sure that Nicodemus was puzzled. Why is the rabbi telling me this story? I know this story. I'm familiar with this story. It was the story of the children of Israel. Boy, their hearts had been revealed. Their true nature had been seen. God had delivered them from slavery. He was taking them to the promised land. And all that came out of their mouth and all that came out of their heart was just grumbling and rebellion and disobedience against God. Finally, God said, I've had enough. You know, God is a God of great mercy and of great grace. And God is a God of indescribable grace. But God is holy. And God will bring every sin into judgment. That means you and that means me. The children of Israel were sinning against God. God sent poisonous snakes. You can read this in Numbers chapter 21. And you know, they bit the people of Israel. And there were a lot of people that were dying. And the people came to Moses and said, pray to the Lord that he'll somehow deliver us. And this is what God said to Moses. This is an awesome story. If you haven't read it for yourself, make sure you don't trust me. Make sure you go look it up yourself. God said to Moses, listen, make a snake. That's the symbol of the curse. But you put that snake on a pole. You hold that pole up. And you walk around through the camp of Israel. And this is my promise. This is what God said. Everybody that looks to the serpent will have life. Don't be pulling out your Boy Scout manual. Don't be firing up your eye scroll. Just look. And you live, says someone. That's just too simple. Well, if you want to die with snake bite, you can. But if you want to be saved, if you want to be rescued, if you want life, well, man, just take it God's way. Look and live. That's exactly what Jesus told this man, Nicodemus, about how to get this new start. He said, even as Moses lifted up that snake in the wilderness, the son of man, he's talking about himself is going to be lifted up. And on the cross, he's going to be made the curse. On the cross, he's going to die beneath the weight of our sins. Now, Nicodemus, just look and live. What is the application? It's just this. You need a new start. Jesus said so. You need to be born again. That's God's word to you tonight. And nothing will change it. So how? Look to him. Says someone, well, Mr. Shutt, I can understand how Nicodemus could look to the Lord Jesus. He was just sitting across from him. And even though it was night, they must have been able to see each other. So I get it if Nicodemus could look to Christ, but how do I look to Christ? You know, the word look has more than one meaning. It's not just look with your eyes. That's what the Israelites did. They looked and they lived. But the word look means something else. It means to depend on. You know, I told my kids when they were in college, if you don't have enough money, look to me. I didn't expect them to get their bifocals on and look at me. They know what I look like. I just meant depend on me. I have the resources that you don't have. Depend on me. And from what I have, I'll supply exactly what you need. That's what the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus, 
you need a new start. Because of your sin, you are lost and perishing. If you depend on me, if you depend on that work that I do when I'm lifted up at the cross, you'll be born again. You'll have that new start. You'll be ready for heaven. God's message is very simple. And I'm happy to be able to close with this kind of a simple message for you. God says to you, you must be born again. You need this new start tonight. And you can start on your way to heaven tonight by depending on the Lord Jesus. Friend, don't depend on anything else. Anything else will let you down in the end. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other. Don't depend on anything else for salvation. Look to Christ and live. May God help you to simply depend on him and get that new start that cleanses sin away and gives you peace with God and fits you for heaven eternally. Let's just leave you with this text. Jesus said, you must be born again. Yes, look to Christ. Depend on Him. The work has been done for your salvation. You are lost and perishing because of your sin, but Christ has died for that sin. Start out for that heavenly kingdom even today by looking to Christ on the cross where His precious blood was shed for you. It will make you a new person entirely, and you will forever rejoice in the peace and joy of sins forgiven, and you will be sure of a home in heaven reserved for you. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest to you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.